What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. The Small Business Saturdays podcast. With your host and my husband. And my dad, Aaron Montgomery. Join the conversation. Let's talk some business. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into Small Business Saturdays. My name is Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me over at oursuccessgroup.com. How's everybody doing this morning? We'll get that up there. So, in case you want to go check it out and you haven't already, hopefully, going to be making some changes today that's on the docket for today is to continue working on the new website we're getting closer so i know we've been talking about and saying that we're getting closer but we actually are getting closer here finally appreciate everybody's patience uh welcome into small business saturdays excited to actually talk about the five resource buckets that we all have about two years ago when we were in st cloud for a, a little lake time i guess was that the trip where lewis caught the fish and all that stuff. Yeah, I think it was. So that was in July. And this was early, early on in the small business Saturday lifespan. I came to you from a hotel about 10 minutes before the podcast that I was going to be doing. We talked about the resources and then we talked a little bit about the fifth one, kind of maximizing them. And then I I rewatched it and I was like a little bit horrified, but it's okay. You know, we, we have to get better as we go along here. And I said, oh yeah, and we'll come back and talk about the other buckets. So here we go. Now we are back finally two, two and a half, maybe three years later, talk about the other resource buckets, but not necessarily just to talk about the buckets. And and if somebody's got a better word for resource buckets, I'm all ears. I've dug through the thesaurus and even talked to Kyleen and asked her, and we neither of us could come up with anything better than resource buckets. So if you have something better, throw it out there. Um, but anyways, the goal here is to A, talk about what those resource buckets that we all have are, but really the main goal is figuring out some ways that we can maximize our resource buckets as far as it relates to our business and potentially even our own personal selves. So that's the goal for today. Um, So if there's any questions, comments along the way, please feel free to uh, pop them in here. Uh, Sandy, good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning. And um, so shall we dive in? I think we shall. (laughs) All right. So let me get to the right place here because I want to put a banner up here. All right. So The first bucket that we have is called our, I called it our capital bucket, Um, capital money we have, uh, but not necessarily only money. So capital could be, you know, resources, credit uh, available, kind of some of those things. So, but, but probably mainly around money, but not necessarily exclusively to money. So that's, that's the first bucket that we've got. Um, the way I want to kind of try to tackle this here today is I, I want to talk about the bucket and then I want to talk about maximizing it and then we'll move to the next one. So hopefully that works for everybody. Again, feel free to pop in, comment. We can, we can work back and forth on this here a little bit, but, but let's talk about capital for a little bit. And as I said, capital as it relates typically to money, but it could be 
you know, other capital resources like your credit line and things like that, it all does kind of revolve back to the money. So to me, there are three ways that we can kind of look to maximize the, huh, here we go. Thank you, Todd. Always, always good for a good Aaron translation, foundation pillars. Um, let's talk through these and see how, how we, uh, what we think about, about that. So good. All right. So um, I guess I not necessarily three ways. I've got two like ways that we can definitely look at this. And then the third thing is just kind of an idea of something that I was just that you do right now in, in this time. Um, okay. So the first thing we want to do when it comes to capital is we need to shift our mentality. We need to shift it away from a cost mentality, meaning um, does this cost me X? And that's what I make my decision on. So, you know, let's say I'm looking at equipment. Does this heat press cost me $2,000 or does this heat press cost me $300? And if we were just making our decisions based on cost, we would all day, every day choose $300, right? I mean, that's just <laughs> basics. If, if cost is all we're concerned about, then we're only going to make our decisions based on um, that cost. Lisa, hi. Glad you found me. Um, <laughs> good. So it's, we'll, uh, so, so Lisa, we're, we're talking about capital right now. So the first thing, again, we need to change our mentality away from that cost mentality into more of an investment mentality. So that would look a little bit more like, okay, this heat press A costs $300. Heat press B costs $2,000. Okay, so that's the cost idea. Heat press A doesn't have a very long lifespan, potentially. Heat press A doesn't have very consistent uh, heat and pressure. So I have a potential to ruin more products. Heat press A uh, doesn't have any support or service. Uh, heat press A is off of Amazon. Okay. So the, the, think about that. Heat press B. Heat press B has a lifetime warranty on the heat platen. Heat press B, I've heard of people using said heat press for 30 plus years in their business. Heat press B has uh, service and support right here in the United States. Heat press B. Uh, has quality heat and pressure that I know I can count on. So I'm going to be ruining less products because of the heat press. Now let's think about the decision there. Now does that decision between $300 and $2,000 feel different to you? Does it feel like, hmm, maybe I do need to think about the $2,000 one a little bit more because now just looking at the time, amount of time that I would expect to have this in service, if I divide 2,000 by 30 years and 300 by one year, you know, <laughs> the math is pretty simple, pretty quick, just on that point alone. So that's an investment mentality, not, not worrying necessarily about what that price tag is, but does that create more for me in the future? You know, so that that's the investment mentality. Can you put in 
can can you spend a thousand dollars and turn that into two thousand three thousand dollars absolutely that's an investment that's why people invest in the stock market because it doesn't matter how much they spend a certain percentage of that hopefully will come back to them in the form of profit or return so um, that's the investment mentality that I want want us to think about, uh, Martha. Or, sorry, Martha. Maria. Good morning. Sorry about that. Uh, was reading too quickly there. So, Maria. Good morning. Um, all right. So that's the first thing. Change our mindset to the investment mentality. Within that investment mentality, we also need to think about our resources in in terms of the profit that comes back to our biz- business. In, in that regard, what do we do with that? You know, do we go buy a, uh, you know, spend money on Netflix or do we actually take that and reinvest in, you know, going and buying more products so I get it for a cheaper cost? Or there, there's all sorts of ways that, you know, and it just comes down to some decisions. As you earn the profit, it's yours to, to do with as you choose. And so if you don't reinvest it, I'm not saying that you're a terrible business person. What I'm saying is don't make that snap decision about things. Change your mentality on everything you do to an investment mentality. Um, I can't remember which one of his books, but Rory Vaden talks a lot about this investment mentality. I think it was in, uh, uh, I wasn't Take the Stairs. What's his other book, Kevin? Do you remember off the top of your head? Yeah, she's going to look it up for me. Oh, procrastinate on purpose. I think that's where he talks about it more. But, um, you know, if you're going to go spend that money on a, a Starbucks, you know, that's totally your investment to make. That's totally your decision to make. And and I do it. You know, I I have a Starbucks problem. Fortunately, uh, the the uh, COVID nineteen has really helped me with my uh, Starbucks problem because I haven't had it in a really long time. And right now, I really have no desire to go back and. Uh, continue investing my money there. But that's not the point. The point is, when I do that, I understand that the five, whatever, $6 I'm spending on a cup of coffee that could really only cost me 60 cents. um, I'm taking that money and I'm investing it in that coffee instead of potentially investing that in something else. But I'm making that decision internally. I'm thinking about it. It's not just a decision that's just like, oh, it's six bucks gone. No, it's like, okay, I get it. But right now that's worth it to me. So just, just change your mentality, make it an investment mentality. Um, definitely. Uh, if you haven't read procrastinate on purpose, I would recommend that he really goes into detail on that particular subject. And, uh, I feel like it's really worth the read, um, or listen if you're an audible person like me. All right. Uh, Todd says cost investment, efficiency, productivity. One, two, three, four. There's four buckets, Todd, but no, um, <laughs> I love it. All right, good. So that's the first thing in capital um, investment. The second thing that we can do with our capital is we need to, um, no, actually, let me get back to Julia's comment here real quick, because before I get off track here, good morning. That is actually the point I'm at right now. I'm turning so much product right now. I realize it's better to invest in another machine to be able to do double the work at once, then use the money for something else. And, and Julia, that's, that's, that's fantastic. So first off, congratulations, high five, good job by you, that you're at that point that 
you know, once we push ourselves to that point where now we have to start thinking about that stuff, that's a celebration. You know, I know it can be a little bit of a scary thing. Am I making the right decision? But if you're going at it from an investment mentality, you believe in yourself and you know you can do it, then it's an investment. Don't worry about the cost. You know, you want to get the best value for what you're investing in. But at the same time, you know, spend the money to, again, invest in another machine to be able to do double the work at once. Because if if you've got the work now flowing in and you've built that to that point, like Julia has here, again, congratulations, nice job. Take that opportunity to now double your profits too. That's so cool. So th that's a great mentality. Julia, love it. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, the next point in capital, because uh, I don't want this to be three hours here today. Um, the next point in capital is to make sure that you have a good plan, a good business plan. Now, there's a lot of reasons to have a good business plan, and we're actually going through that in our success groups training right now. Uh, in fact, we're two segments into the five keys. Uh, the segment coming up on Wednesday is going to be about goal setting, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on. But there's a lot of great reasons to have a plan and guiding our business and stuff like that. But one of the reasons that we actually don't talk about as much in, in the Our Success Group training is that having that plan gives you something that you can share with others. I'm not saying like the old days of taking your business plan and, and giving it to the bank and, and expecting a bank loan. It just doesn't work quite like that anymore. Banks just don't loan like that anymore. They got themselves in too much trouble with some other shady stuff that they did with the mortgages and stuff. So they changed everything saying, oh, we're protecting our customers. But instead it was to protect themselves from their own stupidity. Anyhow, that's a whole different subject. I won't go down right now, but, but you do still need to have that ability to go talk to other people. And yes, maybe it's the local bank and they want to at least have a little bit, but you setting a business plan in front of them is probably not going to get it done. But having that plan so that you can talk to other people about it might net you an investment, an investor or a partner or somebody that you didn't even know might be interested in, in being a part of your business. Now, I'm not saying run out there and get a partner, but I'm saying if capital is a bucket that is a resource that can be limited or finite, then how do we grow that? So we can either increase our profits, we can have this investment mentality, and we can bring other people in. And having that plan gives us that easy, it, it makes them feel more confident in the fact that you have thought through what you're going to do. So that's the other thing, have a good plan so you can sell it to others. Uh, Martha and Janessa, good morning. Thank you for joining us. So those are the two things within capital that um, I think are <clears throat> worth thinking about, it, worth putting into your thought process and, and kind of making some mentality shifts and also making, you know, putting, putting some effort into making sure that you do have a, again, not a coffee table version of a plan. Our, our plan wants to, uh, I want it to be a working part of just the thinking about our business, the act of working on our business. But when you've thought it through, when you can go and sell that to somebody, then it's going to be a lot easier. And then the third thing I wanted to touch on here is that I would highly recommend anybody that has not done this yet to go and apply for the PPP loan. 
Um, I'm not even sure where it's at right now, if they've gotten through the next round of funding as far as like if it's used up already again or not. So I don't, I haven't caught up on it. Um, but if you're sitting there thinking, well, it's just not for me, why are you making that decision? Why not apply for it and let the SBA tell you that it's not for you? Now, I'm not saying go apply for it and just use it all willy-nilly and, and, and take advantage of the situation. What I'm saying is if you were a business owner, you have a right to see if any of that money is available to you. You pay your taxes just like everybody else does. Therefore, you have a right to try to see. So the worst thing that can happen is that they will tell you, no, you're not eligible for this. But everything I can tell, and, I, and I, I, I'm just going from my own personal experience, so I could I could be totally, and Lisa, even if we don't have employees, um, I, I, I just got approved for the PPP loan myself, um, and we do not have employees. Now, let me get to let me get to one other thing, Lisa, before I, I I finish that thought. So let me come back to that actually, if you don't mind. So let me get back to the why you should apply. So this is again from my own personal experience, and uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying my from my wife and I's personal experience. It's a we thing. Um, so we applied. Actually, she did the lion's share of the work. So I'm really appreciative of that. Um, but I checked my credit score and my wife does a pretty good job of keeping up with hers. And we did not have a hit against our credit score. Now that's something that I had heard, but I wasn't sure if that was really true. My experience is that is true. Kyleen, am I? Okay. So nothing to yours, nothing to hers, nothing to mine. So again, go apply for it. The worst that's going to happen is they're going to say, I'm sorry, it's not available to you. Um, now, let me get back to what Lisa's question was, even if we don't have employees. And again, even if you don't have employees, you can still apply for it. Uh, it is because the wording, and if you read about it, it is for the people that have, are part of the gig economy and, and small businesses and all this other stuff. So they, they've made this for everybody, including people that don't have employees. Now, What's going to be forgiven? Um, you know, so this is not free money. They're not just going to. It, it is a PPP loan, but here's the deal. Um, I think it's two years. Is that what the yeah. repayment is? So it, it, it is a two-year loan, um, but the interest rate is one percent. So even if you're paying it back, so that's that's the that's the trick. You are going to have to pay it back. So if you're going to apply for a whole bunch and then you can't pay it back because uh, over two years, that's not a lot of time. So your, your payments, your monthly payments are actually going to be pretty large comparatively if you're, you know, taking a big chunk out. Um, now what we're trying to get clear on ours is what we can get forgiven for. So some of our expenses related to our business will be forgiven for that. Um, and, and we'll get that sorted out, but so yes, even if you don't have employees, you can apply for it. Uh, and so I would highly recommend it. It just, you know, I'm not saying that you're going to get it. Um, and I'm not saying that, that you should, but again, you pay your taxes. So this is something that is part of, if you're a small business owner, um, then, then you should do it. Um, oh, here we go. 
Cindy, that's a great, great comment. If you have a banker do your paperwork, you get faster, better results. Um, so that would, you know, if you have a good relationship with your bank and it's a, you know, a smaller bank, our bank was, was, um, they're pretty overwhelmed, uh, obviously with all the people doing this and stuff like that. And you could tell that they've, uh, you know, are doing their best, but they were really good. We, we bank with a, a local credit union and, um, they were really nice and, and I think pretty helpful. Again, Kyleen did the lion's share of the work on, on this. And so I have to give kudos to her. Um, so that's why I kind of keep turning and, <laughs> and asking her questions, but, uh, yeah, so there we go. Uh, great point, Cindy. Todd says, here's the thing too. It's the government. It's not going to go away. Even if you can't make the payment, I'm sure they're going to work with you. They were quick to put something out and will now work on the details on payback. Yeah. Yeah. And, and certainly there's a lot of uncertainty and, and, and whatnot. And so you got to do your own research for you. Um, but for me and us personally, just didn't see a whole lot of, of drawback to it. I mean, to be able to get a loan with only 1% interest, you know, it's not like I'm taking the money. We'll pay it back. And we've only had to pay 1% interest. Um, you know, so when I think about the investment mentality, boy, that's a pretty good investment. You're not ever going to get a loan for 1%. So if you're ready to invest in your business, uh, this is something to look at. Now, we've been talking about this for a while, so I, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie to you and tell you that, you know, just apply and you'll get it and the world will be great. No, um, this this is a process. You have to be a little bit of a squeaky wheel. Um, like Cindy said, you know, if you have a relationship with a banker, work with them, get the paperwork done, make sure you dot all the I's and cross all the T's. There is work to be done. Um, and, um, you know, we got the paperwork back after we were approved and, and that was another 21 pages of, of paperwork to go through and stuff. So, um, see Cindy said, our banker said that you have to use 25% for business. He also said, it's possible you may not have to pay back. They are still working on that part. So yeah, yeah, like I said, um, there's definitely still some uncertainty, but worst case scenario, it's a 1% loan. Okay. So, um, take what you feel like you can afford to pay back over two years with 1% interest. Um, Sandy says, that sounds great. I need to look into it. Yeah. I mean, and, and here's, here's the other trick is looking into it. I, I, I think you definitely should look into it, but I would take action. This is something to just take action on. Go, go to your bank. I'm sure there's some, um, link there somewhere, get the application process started, contact your bank. Uh, it's a Saturday, but you know what? Go do it right now. Um, I, I think it's definitely something that you don't want to wait because the money will run out again. Uh, you know, they, they pushed out a huge package to begin with, and that was gone within nearly a week. It felt like, I don't know exactly the timeline, but it felt like a week. So, all right. So that's capital. Um, uh, they base it on on your business sales, so yeah, they're they're definitely. Again, it's not going to be exactly right for everybody, but it is exactly right for everybody to at least try and and apply and 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 look into it. Um, it everybody I've talked to from uh, the CPA that we had on on the program about three or four weeks ago. Uh, to bankers, to some other business friends and stuff like that, they. they you know, I, I hope that there's not a downside that, that we've all missed, 
but boy, there's some pretty smart people saying that they don't see a huge downside to this. So we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. And I'm not plugging myself into that smart people area. Uh, you know, these are people that that are fully involved in this on a regular basis. So, all right. So let's let's get on to the next bucket here. Um, so again, we're not here for three hours. <laughs> I can feel a good hour coming already, but we'll we'll see what we do here. All right, the next one, the next bucket, access to customers. Meaning we all have different groups that we are part of. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different, you know, some of us have big families, some of us have small families, some of us have families we're close to, some of us have big friend groups, some of us have really close-knit friend groups. You know, some of us have thousands of friends on Facebook, some of us have just a couple. You know, some of us are more introverted, some of us are more extroverted. Uh, so that's what I mean when we're talking about access to customers. So how can we increase? How can we maximize that? How can we do more? Um, the first thing that came to mind for me when I was thinking about this is if you're somebody that maybe is a little more of an introvert or doesn't have that that big of a you know net where because especially as we're starting or especially as we're new, a lot of times business comes from our family and friends. And and that's okay. You know, we, we have to we have to grab that low-hanging fruit so we can get better at our craft. And, and so the low hanging fruit for some people runs out faster than it does for other people. And it's just, it's, that's okay. That's not a good thing or a bad thing either way. But one way that you can kind of increase that is set up some sort of an influencer program there, you know, so basically you're, you're trying to reach the people that have a bit more of that low hanging fruit available to them. And you're going to take advantage, not take advantage, I hate it when, because the word take advantage is right. I mean, that's actually what I'm trying to say, <clears throat> but it has such a negative connotation. So to, to use that to your advantage, but also to get, use it to their advantage and their, their influence group, because you're providing a service that people are going to be happy to provide or to, to use, but they might not know about you. So setting up an influencer program is, is a great way to do this. Find people that that can reach a little bit wider audience, but make sure that the audience that they reach is going to be interested in your product because you are going to have a little bit of an investment in this program. You're probably going to have to give them samples. Um, you're obviously going to be giving them some of your profits and things like that. So if, if you've got an investment in this, make sure that it's a good investment. So um, that's one way. The next way to do this is a little more of a traditional method, but there are still people that are salespeople that that are in the business of, of just selling and they'll work on commission only or, or, or different programs like that. And you can find those people that um, it's certainly not as, you know, the, the traveling sales guy that took a catalog or had the information at, for, about your business and and pounded the road aren't as readily available as they used to be, but there are still people like that. Or you could, you know, put an ad in, in your local paper to hire a salesperson. Uh, right now, we're probably going to be in a situation where a lot of good people are without jobs because some businesses have gone out of business. And, you know, so they had good people there. And now those good people are going to be looking for work. 
So, and some of those good people are going to be salespeople. So there's another way to get access to more customers. If you're, if you're not a natural salesperson and you guys are going to find this a little bit odd, maybe say call BS, but I, I will be honest and truthful about this. I'm a terrible salesperson. Um, I am, it's just not what I'm good at. It's never been what I'm good at. So I've gotten good at ways around being a bad salesperson um, to, to get there, meaning relationship building and, and things like that. So there's lots of different ways to do this, but one th way to do that is to actually hire somebody to do that. And, and again, just like the influencer program, if you set it up in an appropriate way, because the good salespeople, they believe in themselves. And so the good salespeople are willing to take a risk on themselves if they believe in your product. So they're willing to take a risk and go, you know what? You don't have to pay me until I make a sale. So then it becomes a win-win. Here, here's the key though, when you're dealing with salespeople is make sure that you set up, up the program in such a way that once they do become extremely successful, once they are really killing it, that you don't get yourself to a point where you regret how much you're paying them. Do not cap what they're able to do. A good salesperson will never accept that because again, they have confidence in themselves. They're willing to get out there. They're willing to take a risk on themselves. But if you're going to cap their ability, then you're, you're not going to have a good relationship and, and that will be ugly and terminate real quick. So Make sure that you set up the program in such a way. I had a situation where um, I had a really good friend who was a really good salesperson, and he ended up working for me, um, even though the company that he was working for before that was, uh, he was making way more money than he was going to make working with me. And, and I, I asked him at one point, I said, well, what, wh why are you leaving that? And he said, because... I got to a point where I was making so much money that the owner felt bad about the check that I was, that he was writing me every month. And even though I was bringing in as much business, nothing had changed. I was still making the same percentage. And so they were making more business, but it just got to a point where the amount of money that he was having to pay me each month was more than he could stomach. And it pissed me off. <laughs> and and so he left and uh, brought all of the customers with him. And uh, yeah, so don't cap them. So that's just a, a quick tip on that. Um, the next way that we can kind of increase that is to, um, I can't remember, I think this was on Q&A that we talked about this, Todd, but uh, jokingly call it become an asshole. <laughs> so ask, ask, ask. You know, even if it's not really in your nature, this is your business. And if you need to have access to more customers, you have to ask people. You have to ask for the sale. You know, it's one thing to go, hey, you know, here's my stuff. But it's another thing to say, hey, here's my stuff. Thank you for loving it. Thank you for hitting the like button. Um, but you know how you can really, really show me that you love it and like it? Uh, make the purchase. You know, what's holding you back from purchasing? You have to ask those hard questions and it's okay. That's not being rude. Do it in a nice way, get the feedback, but you have to ask, you got to just keep asking. So um, that's the third way. And uh, uh, let's see here. Let me get to the comment here. Stand by your product is 
as well. Right now, my hot seller is lawn signs, and my price is higher than places that print them, and I'm using vinyl, but I have cute custom designs that they can't get from a large print place because of that. People haven't minded that my prices are a little higher, and they are telling everyone they know, and it's been going crazy. I didn't have to do much advertising. There you go. So you got, to, Julia, you got to my, my fourth point here is come up with creative ways to expand your markets, providing things that people will get excited about, doing things for your community, uh, getting creative on creating new salespeople that you're not even selling. So let me pop that comment up one more time here. Uh, my press, and, and they're telling everyone they know because they love it. So there you go. That's a way to expand your market if you can get your customers to tell everybody else about it. Uh, so, so there's the four things uh, real quick. Influencers, hiring a salesperson, becoming an asshole. <laughs> and, and again, that's a negative connotation. So we'll, we'll skip that. So we'll, we'll, let me start over. In influencers, salespeople, ask, 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 and expanding your market through creative means. All right. So that's the second bucket access to your customer or access to customers. All right, let's get to the third bucket. Hi, I'm Kyleen, and you're listening to an episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Do you want to subscribe to the Small Business Saturdays podcast? Head over to smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com. There are tons of ways to subscribe. Click on your favorite and grab all the information about growing your small business. Uh, again, for those of you that are just tuning in, and you, obviously I want you to go back and listen from the beginning, but what we're talking about here are the finite resources, and I'm kind of throwing them into five buckets or five pillars, the finite resources that all businesses have. So number one was capital. Number two was access to customers. Number three here is knowledge and experience. We all have a limited amount of that. Even the most what we would consider the most knowledge and experienced people. You know, I'll, I'll use sublimation as an example. You know, I feel like I've, I've put in the work and I feel like I have a pretty good handle on a lot of things when it comes to sublimation. Um, but <laughs> there we go. I, I like this one, Lisa. I'm going to skip over. I'll, I'll come back. Askaholic. There we go. That's, that's better. Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's not, not an alcoholic, so <laughs> that's good. I love it. Thank you, Lisa. Um, all right. So back to what I was talking about here. Um, so sublimation again, like I said, it just, I, I know, I, I'm, I know in my heart that I've done the work. I've tried a lot of things. I've tested things. I've made lots of mistakes, uh, all of that kind of fun stuff. So I, I feel pretty confident in my knowledge of sublimation, but I will be the very first person to tell you that there are many, many other people that have way more knowledge and experience when it comes to sublimation. Um, in fact, I tell people almost every time I talk about David Gross from Condi, um, I, I will honestly feel this way probably for the rest of my life, is that David will probably forget more things about sublimation than I will ever know. So we've got limited knowledge and experience, all of us. And, and I'm sure David will sit there and tell you that there are probably people that know more than he does. Or, or, and, and the reason that David knows so much about it is that he lives it and he's gaining new knowledge and experience each day. He's got that engineering type mind. And so the latest printer comes out, he rips it apart. 
<laughs> um, so, you know, I don't have that, that level of curiosity. I want to try things. I want to figure out ways to make it work for my business, but to understand exactly why all those little fine details happen, I don't get to that point. So that's, that's okay. So how can we expand our knowledge and experience? Um, obviously first thing we can do is, is formal education and training. Uh, you know, I think working on that and, and working on ourselves and growing ourselves is something that's very important to our business. You know, it's one thing to go out and do the work each day, but, you know, can you take a class? Can you ask somebody that has more experience? You know, I'll, I'll also tell you that some, some of the knowledge that I have about sublimation is the opportunity that I've had to sit down and just talk with David. You know, I, I judged at the Skills USA competition and there was downtime there. And David was there. Well, guess what I did in my downtime? I went and sat myself next to David and said, tell me about this. What, what do you think about this? What's your thoughts on that? And so find people that have more experience uh, than you. And as Lisa said, be an askaholic and, and, and do all that. So um, so that there's one thing, formal training, but, but just mentors and stuff like that. Um, the next thing, well, let me get Todd's comment here first before I get to the next thing. I want one of everything and two of something just so I know how it works. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, it, that, it, that is definitely um, something that I've, I've learned about you, Todd, is that you do like to understand how things work because I love that this about you. you. You talk about, you know, how you outsource and you encourage people to do that, but you also want to know about the process, you know, so I, I have to talk you out of buying a screen printing machine all the time because it's messy and you don't want to do that. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so yes, learn, experience, all that stuff. So let me get back to knowledge and experience here. Training, formal training or learning from people and, and just, you know, kind of gaining that experience from others is one way. The next thing we want to do is we want to make sure that we are getting engaged out there and, and, meaning, you know, participate in the groups, participate. Don't just go and read and lurk. Now that's fine. And you're going to gain a little bit of knowledge that way, but you're going to gain a lot more knowledge by um, teaching, by participating, by sharing, by being a part of the conversation. So that's what I mean. Be engaged, um, get out there and, and talk to others. Um, I can't remember the exact quote, but and I will find it and try to post it here. But Seth Godin had said something about education that, that it's actually two parts. It's about getting and giving feedback is what education and learning is all about. It's about getting and giving feedback. So that's what I mean by being engaged. But then the other flip side of that, not flip side of that, the other part of being engaged is also that we need to be open-minded once we are engaged. So a lot of times I see people that are very engaged in the conversation, but they're only engaged one way in the conversation, meaning they're just telling everybody. Now, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had this situation where somebody has asked me a question, come to me and said, well, what, what do you think about this? And, and I'll give them my idea. And instead of saying, oh, okay, cool, thanks. And, and then continuing the discussion, it becomes a well, no, that's not the way to do it. This is the way I'm going to do it. It's like, okay, well, why did you ask me? 
you know? So that's why I say being open-minded and being engaged. It, it's this, it's this mentality that we've kind of come to as a society where it's, you're either right or you're wrong. Well, it's not that black and white with lots of things, but especially when it comes to our business, you know, Todd and I have had this discussion ongoing for a long time about the whole, you know, uh, off-the-shelf Epson that you're putting a secondary ink in for sublimation versus like a sawgrass system or a, a an Epson sublimation system kind of setup. And both of us have kind of come to the middle, you know, they come to the realization because I was always hardcore about never doing the you know third-party ink thing. Um, but the more I've talked about it, the more I've learned about it, the more I've been engaged in the conversation the more I understand where there are times where that makes sense. And, you know, same thing. So we won't go too much further, but get engaged and also be open-minded while you're being engaged. And then the third thing here is let yourself off the mistake, off the hook for mistakes. That I think that can be our biggest barrier to learning is that we're so worried about making a mistake. We're so worried about ruining that product. We're so worried about making the error that we don't try things and you have to try things. And when you try things and when you do things, you have to ask for feedback. You have to get feedback, but we're so worried about the errors or being told that we're wrong, that we don't get the feedback and we don't try things. So the only way to gain knowledge and experience is to let yourself off the hook for the mistakes. So what, what you need to do here, though, is we need to, to be open to trying things, and we need to celebrate the mistakes. We need to celebrate the fact that, yeah, that was a mistake, but guess what? That mistake was actually a learning experience. It gained us knowledge. It gained us experience. Um, so I, I think that's huge, and I think that's something that, that we're really trying to instill in our son, um, but you know, it's, it's hard for even us to do that. You know, I talk about that kind of thing all the time, but yet I'm constantly beating myself up for a mistake or, 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 or whatnot. But guess what? That's the only way we're going to learn. So um, definitely make sure that you are letting yourself off the hook for mistakes. You know, uh, people talk about having a wall of shame, uh, you know, something that you put up there to remind yourself of the mistakes that you made why don't we flip that? Let's call that a wall of learning. Let's call that a wall of experience. Let's call that a wall of knowledge, you know, so that, that, uh, that transfer that you forgot to flip or the uh, shirt that you printed upside down or the spelling mistake that you made, um, put that up there. Well, let's not call that the wall of shame. Let's call that the wall of experience or the wall of learning or whatever sticks out for you. All right. So that's the third bucket, knowledge and experience. So we can get formal training. We can get engaged and be open-minded. Um, so that way we are learning from other people. Uh, and, and then the third thing is to let yourself off the hook for mistakes. So there we go. Oops. Terry says uh, you learn from mistakes. Layla says, I used to engage more in group discussions. I think I've talked myself out of doing this so much. Your tips are helpful to me to re-engage. And, and there are certainly times where the, the better thing to do is just to step out of that. But 
if you can find groups, you know, you've got to find the areas where you don't want to find all the people that are just saying the things that you want to hear. You do want to engage in groups and, and discussions where there are, are some alternative ideas, but you also need to find groups that are, are about that engaging and, and being open and having open-minded experiences. Um, so, you know, I'm, there's, there's lots of groups, quote unquote groups that I'm in on Facebook, but there are very few of them that I'm actually actively engaged in because I've found groups that, that allow the conversation to happen. There's not a lot of that negative, you know, fighting and, and, you know, your way is stupid. And that's not, that's not engaging. That's not being open-minded. You know, uh, Todd's business basic group is a great example of that. Wonderful conversations. There's lots of times where people have differing ideas. I've had the discussion on in that group about my thoughts on the whole sublimation printer thing. And there were people that completely disagreed with me, but it never got to a point where it was like, you're stupid, you're stupid. No, it was okay. I, I see your point. I totally understand that. Here's my thought on that point. And then they would go, oh yeah, I, I see your point, but here's my thought on that point. And we got to a point where it's like, okay, cool. We both see, see each other's side. You know, I was open to more stuff. Felt like they were open to more stuff. Boom, it's a win. So there we go. Uh, Todd says, kids don't know how to fail. It's a learn trait. If the stop, if they stop doing every, doing every, if the stopped doing every time they failed, we'd have a bunch of teenagers still crawling. <laughs> there we go. If they stopped every time they failed, we'd have a bunch of teenagers still crawling. I, I totally understand and agree with that, Todd. It is a learned behavior. Um, and, and because it's a learned behavior, it can also be an unlearned behavior because we, if, so if we were able to change that uh, fear of failure to a fear of failure away from it, uh, then yes, we can also change it to a fear of not feeling or a, not, sorry, not changing it to a fear. We can remove the fear of failure. It just takes some work, just like learning to walk, took some work, took some bumps, took some bruises. Great. Good stuff. Thank you for the feedback, everybody. All right, let's get on to, that was three, we're 47 minutes in. Hey, why not? We, we can do this. Okay. The next bucket that we've, we've all got is time, you know, and, and this one is my favorite one to talk about because this one I feel the most optimistic about. And, and, and that's probably funny coming from me because I am always feeling like I'm, I'm a time optimist. So I, I push myself too far. I I'm end up being late. Occasionally I do too much. Um, and, and I, sometimes I feel really overwhelmed because I have so much to do. But here's the cool part about time. We all, every single person throughout the course of history, every from the most successful people to people that are really struggling, have the exact same amount of hours in the day. Now, none of us know how long our lives are going to be. So time is definitely a fleeting resource, but we all have the exact same amount. And yet, if we all have the exact same amount, why aren't we all not the exact same amount of success? And so that's why I'm so optimistic about it because I know it can be done. Even though, you know, I've only got 24 hours in a day because here's the deal. If somehow we magically got 36 hours in a day, guess what? We'd probably complain about having 36 hours in a day. So what we really want to do 
when we think about time, time is more about prioritization. Are we doing the right things? Are we getting to our idea of success? Because here's, here's why it's so important, especially when it comes to time, to know what success is for us and to actually spend some time really getting to the core of that. Because if we don't know that, we're never going to be spending our time on the right things unless it's out of chance. So if we do know what success is, if we do know what we're working towards, we'll know when we're prioritizing the right things because we're doing the things that get us towards success. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be still bumps along the way, but those bumps become the learning experiences that get you closer. So the first thing we want to do with time is think about prioritization. Think about the ways that we can make sure that we're doing the right things. You know, I, it, and that doesn't mean that you can't take some time. You need to take some time to unwind and, and, and you know, I, as much as I joke about Tiger King, take some time to, to go binge watch Tiger King if you haven't. For me, it didn't help me. It didn't help me unwind. It didn't get me to the place that I needed to be. But I did binge watch uh, the baby, a uh, boss baby series, animated series with my son last night. <clears throat> was that a terrible use of my time? No, because it was time that my son and I sat together. We had a laugh. I, I enjoyed the heck out of, it. I think towards the end of it, my son had kind of gotten over it and I finished out the last couple of episodes myself. This is a cartoon, a kid's cartoon, but you know what? I felt great about it. It was funny. It took my mind off of things for a little bit and, and it, it brought some things. So I'm not saying that you have to do everything, work, work, work all the time. But what I'm saying is make sure that there's a reason to it. Make sure that it's a conscious decision, not just a mindless decision to um, just do what's in front of you. Uh, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> Todd. If you were a transformer, you'd be Optimus Time. Uh, hey, who knows? And uh, Todd says, I need to look back to see when I learn to fail. Yeah, I, I, you know, that is a good point, Todd. And, and I wonder about that too. I, I wonder when I taught my son to, to, to fail, to, to, you know, when did we take that away from him? I mean, you know, there is a certain point because part of the thing about learning to fail is also to, it's a survival mechanism, uh, you know, because there's certain things that we fail at, we don't get a second chance, uh, you know? So it is definitely a, a balance, but the things that aren't going to kill us, uh, then we should not worry about failing in those things, you know? Uh, it's the things that, you know, potentially could kill us that we need to uh, <laughs> watch out for. So anyhow, we'll, we'll get way down a rabbit hole if I keep going there. All right, so prioritizing. Um, the next thing to talk about here is to think about your time as a cycle or a season. Um, again, from Procrastinating on Purpose, I believe it was, maybe it was Take the Stairs, one of those two books by Rory Vaden, both excellent books that I'd highly recommend. Uh, he talks a lot more in depth about this stuff, but think about a farmer. You know, a farmer will go and, you know, they have a season. And so it, it, there, there are times, and, and Sandy's makes a good point here, you got to keep the work-life balance, and that's totally true. The one thing to think about, though, there, because when we say work-life balance, 
that that to me would be, you know, okay, I got to spend, you know, four hours on this. I got to spend, you know, everything's got to be divided equally every day. But that's not true. There are cycles and seasons that mean that um, I can take more personal time during a certain cycle or season. But there are other times where I need to be sowing my fields. I need to be planting. I need to be pulling the weeds and, and doing that stuff where I need to be, you know, up at the crack of dawn and working until after the sun goes down. You know, so that's more what work-life balance looks like, needs to look like for people is to understand that and to give yourself permission to really put in some work when you need to but then also to be able to give yourself permission to take some time off and, and to re regenerate and recharge and, and again, have that work-life balance. So um, Jerry, let's see your comment here. I think you're kind of talking about what I'm talking about here. We all have 24 hours a day, but as I'm doing today, working 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., time for business is tough, but I'm trying to take advantage of the situation by listening and learning as my day job allows for that. Exactly. And, and these all become choices too, you know, Jerry, is it, we, we know that, you know, there's an opportunity. You're, you're working 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. for the day job. And there's a reason for that. You're, you're building resources. You're, you're you know, working towards, uh, you know, whether it's retirement or whatever the case may be. But at a certain point, if that's taking away from what you really want to be doing, then you have to make that hard decision, you know, to say, you know what, this is, this is what it is right now but that's not what I need it to be forever. And, and I need to make that jump. Um, we're going to have Christine Shreve on two regular guys next week to talk about when it is a good time to make that jump. And she recently left a day job to take on her own consulting business. So, um, you know, yes, we all have the same amount of, of time in the day. It's how we choose to use it. And, and, you know, again, the day job is a choice though. And, and it's a good choice. It's a, it's a really good choice. It's got stability. It's got, you know, opportunity to grow resources on, you know, somebody else's dime. You're learning and listening and, and taking advantage of, of the downtime that you might have there. You know, you still want to be productive and you still want to be the best you can be for your day job. But there are downtimes, you know, that there's times where you can, you know, multitask and do that stuff and still give the day job the value that, that they're paying you for, you know? So yeah, good stuff there, Jerry. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, it, perfect. All right. And then the last thing that we can do when it comes to time here, not the last thing, the next thing that I have on my list, the last thing I thought of was get some help. Uh, you know, we, we talk about not having enough time in the day. Well, is there somebody else out there that could help you? If, if you don't have enough time, because you're so busy and you've got a lot of work, well, then your resource bucket, the capital bucket might be filling up and maybe it's starting to overflow, which is great, but why not take a little bit of that off the top of the capital bucket and drop that into your time bucket by hiring a virtual assistant, getting a high school kid to help with some production. Uh, you know, they're, they're off, uh, off school now for the rest of the year. <laughs> in most places, at least definitely here in Missouri, uh, you know, so they've got to do their, their virtual school and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, our eight-year-old does all of his homework. He, he, from about 10 to noon, 
So, you know, they've got other time during the day to, to get stuff done. I'm not saying go hire an eight-year-old. I'm saying some of the other high school kids or things like that out there. Where can you get help? Get help. That will, that will allow you to fill up your time bucket and also provide resources to somebody else. So that's the third thing. All right, good. And we'll, we'll recap these real quick as soon as I get through number five here. All right. The last resource that I had, the last bucket that I had here to talk about, and again, I don't know if this is the end-all be-all list. I felt like I was pretty extensive with it, but if there's other stuff that I'm missing, um, we can talk about those things as well. But the last thing is determination. Uh, the, the, the gumption, the, I'm trying to think of some other words that might work here. Persistence, though, was probably the best word here. Um, that's a resource. Whether, whether we know it or not, it's a resource. So if you're going to be successful, you've got to have a lot of determination. You've got to have a lot of persistence. You've got to have that ability to be faced with a challenge and go, yep, that sucks. Next. Yep, that didn't work out. Next. Yep, that was a horrifying experience. Let's try to do it better next time. So that's what determination is again. You know, the funny part is, as I was sitting here thinking about this, when I said I, I watched, I went and rewatched the one I did two years ago. Um, and when I rewatched it, I was a bit like, oh, wow, that was terrible. That hurt. That was really bad. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time talking about the determination part. But what I realized after watching that was I'm two years later. We're going to be about an hour. I, I still want to try to keep them around 30 minutes. But when there's information to share, I want to share that. And I've gotten better at figuring out how to do that. You know, I, I get an outline. I've gotten a better format. I've been able to surround myself with more people. Um, you know, so that's the other part. I've got all you guys in here participating and joining. So it's been determination. It's been pushing through those shows where it's like, ah, this was terrible. Now, I've talked about two regular guys eight years ago. The first season, almost the entire first season, is nearly unlistenable uh, If at the stage I'm at right now. Some people might think it's fine. But to me, I, I'm not very proud of those things. But what I am proud of is the fact that we did it. We kept doing it. We even at times thought this is really terrible. And we figured out ways to get better at it. You know, I figured out a way to do it as a live video instead of calling up on a cell phone to a service called Blog Talk Radio, which we're finally going to sunset here in the next couple of weeks. So determination. Well, let's talk about some ways that we can increase our determination, our, you know, determination. I think also you can probably put positivity in here. Um, and, and that's not necessarily a strength of mine. I've been fortunate and and blessed to have a person in my life that's sitting right behind me over here that is actually really good at, at the positive. Uh, even when I'm giving her a hard time about living in her bubble of rainbows and ponies, she still remains positive. She's giggling right now, I think. Um, if something gets thrown at me, you'll know I've said something wrong, but um, <laughs> she doesn't have anything in her hand, so I'm okay right now. But but the positivity, and and so You've got to have that. So how can we get a little bit more of that? Um, having support groups, we talked about, you know, the knowledge and experience and by engaging and being open-minded. 
well, a lot of times too, get in those groups that are also supportive. You know, when you can go and say, hey, here's my failure. And, and people can say, man, that sucks. I'm really sorry about that. Um, what did you learn from that? How can we support you? You know, you've got this. We know you can do it. So find some support groups. Be part of interacting with people that have positive outlooks. You know, they, they say that you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. So if the five people you hang out with the most are all negative and telling you to stop and quit, maybe it's time to spend a little less time with those folks. I'm not saying get rid of, you know, if that's your mom, get rid of her. No, you, you don't want to do that. But, you know, you want to be honest with her and say, you know, I, I've had times where my my dad does like to uh, sometimes complain a little bit more than, uh, you know, than, than maybe I would like. And because I'm looking at myself in the mirror going, I'm complaining more than I would like. I'm finding more problems than I should. So, you know, I've had to have that conversation. Hey, dad, I love you, but I don't need this negativity right now. And, uh, you know, and, and that was great for our relationship. It actually helped us a lot. I bought him a shirt that it was a hashtag, uh, stop complaining. And I love it when he wears it. And we have fun conversations about it. it it's grown our relationship. And, uh, you know, so find that support group. Um, another thing that you can do is, is be part of a more formal kind of mastermind group where, where that's what it is all about, is working together and persisting through difficult times. Uh, the next thing that we can work on is goal setting and making sure that we have goals. Uh, when we talked about uh, the time and prioritizing, if you don't have goals, you can't prioritize a- appropriately. But also the other thing with goals is goals help us get over those challenges and, and be more determined because it's we we know what the end goal is. We know what we're working towards. So we can have a vision of that. And that vision of what we're working towards helps us go, yep, that was just a speed bump. That was just a a minor roadblock, a minor hurdle to overcome. It wasn't a wall that we can't go through or over or around. It was just a a speed bump. So goals, and then kind of tied into that, a strong why, kind of an understanding. So uh, to contribute something to the greater good so that people outside of myself gain something. You know, that that's a why to contribute so that people outside of my uh myself gain something. So that's a why. All right. So that's that's the fifth bucket, determination. Again, on the, the one I did a few years back, I talked a lot more, uh, talked about this part the most. Um, I'm happy to hear your guys' feedback. But while you guys are getting any feedback and stuff in here, we're going to wrap this up here pretty soon. Anyways, let me just go back and recap all the buckets real quick. First bucket, capital. Uh, Two things to think about here is changing our mentality to more of an investment mentality so we can grow our capital bucket. And then the second thing here is to have a good business plan. That way we have something to be able to quickly sell our ideas, sell our services to others and uh, get more people involved that might be able to bring more capital to the table. Um, and then just a, a quick, like, you know, something to do right now is to go look at the PPP loan. All right. So that was number one. Number two, access to customers. The things we can do here is to uh, set up an influencer program, to potentially hire an actual salesperson, 
uh, to become an askaholic, as Lisa said. I love that one, uh, Lisa. So ask, ask, ask. Make sure that you're not just putting stuff out there, but you're also asking people to become customers. And then to expand your market in creative ways. Julia was talking about how she's doing really cute designs and because people are loving them so much, they're talking about it. So that's expanding her customer base. Love it. Uh, the next bucket, knowledge and experience. What we talked about formal training or, or mentors or things like that. Uh, we talked about getting engaged in groups and then being open-minded as you have those discussions. That's where you can gain knowledge and experience. And then the third thing there we talked about is letting yourself off the hook for mistakes, being okay with mistakes, understanding that mistakes are learning experiences. The fourth bucket is time. Uh, we all have 24 hours. So the things that we can think about doing here is making sure that we're prioritizing and doing the right things at the right time. Uh, we can also understand that work-life balance doesn't mean I have to do four hours of this, four hours of this, four hours of this each day. It means that it's okay to have cycles and seasons. It's okay to have days where we're, we're focused on work, we're working. And then there's okay to have days and times where it's like, yeah, I need a little bit of a break. I need to watch Tiger King. I need to watch Boss Baby, <laughs> whatever it is that, that you do to one-one. I need to go spend some time with my family and, and do things like that. Um, so that's number four. And then number five is determination, maybe positivity here. And the things that we can do there is to um, have a support group, be part of a mastermind group, goal setting and having clear goals, making sure that we understand that. So we have that determination to keep going and then having a clear why. Why do we do stuff and, and what is in it for the greater good? And, and having those things will, will give you that determination to push through those difficult times. All right. So there we go. There's our five buckets. Any last comments, questions, thoughts, ideas? Or should we call this one hour and 10 minute presentation over and done with? Um, Eileen, anything? Wonderful. Good reminders. Good reminders. Okay. Anybody else before I call it? Thank you guys so much for all of your comments, questions, ideas, thoughts, participation, engagement. I love it. I appreciate every bit of that. If you are watching this on a replay, uh, feel free to continue to comment, to continue to engage, to continue to be part of this on, on any of the videos, any of the things that we do. Just because you're watching the replay doesn't necessarily mean that you can't participate, you can't engage. Um, so love coming back and, and doing that. If you're listening to the podcast version, just hit me up at uh, success at oursuccessgroup.com, or you can even reach out on my personal uh, email address, which is uh, right up here at the top for those of you watching the video, Aaron at montcoconsulting.com. So uh, hit me up, let me know what we can talk about, what we can engage in. And uh, great, Lisa said, was great. Going to rewatch and take notes. Wonderful, thank you so much. Um, all right, I think that's it, everybody. Uh, let's let's call it a day. Let's see here. What's coming up real quick uh, tomorrow, day off. So no Q&A tomorrow. We will have Q&A with uh, TNA on Monday. So make sure you're getting those questions in over at oursuccessgroup.com slash QA. And uh, let's see, what else do we have coming up here? Tuesday is uh, Tuesdays with Todd. Uh, my guess is about four o'clock is uh, when Todd's been going here normally. 
So uh, Todd, if you're still hanging in there, let me know. And um, not sure if you know your topic yet either. Uh, I was kind of last minute on this one too, but uh, it came to mind and, and obviously I had a lot to say about it. So there we go. I thought I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> uh, Todd, knowledge for the day. Great job. Cool. And then uh, coming up on Wednesday, let me get this, uh, this banner back up over here. Coming up on Wednesday is our next training for our success group. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. We should do a Q&A with K and C and let the ladies handle it. Uh, <laughs> is that what you and Corey want to do that on, on Sunday or when do you want on Monday, Monday? No. Kylie said on Monday, no, Todd, I, I did not. Uh, you hear her saying no, but what she's really saying is, is yes. So, uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Tuesday, Tuesdays with Todd Wednesday, our success group training, we will be talking about goals, milestones, and objectives. So we're going to get real detailed about that. So if you're not already an Our Success Group member, just uh, go right up here to OurSuccessGroup.com and uh, get signed up. We've got some great specials going on uh, that are only going to be in place for the uh, duration of the state shelter-in-place orders. Uh, so that doesn't mean that uh, COVID-19 will be behind us. It's just when the last shelter-in-place order is over those specials will be over as well. So OurSuccessGroup.com. There's my ask of you guys if you're not already members. And um, I think that's about it. So if there's nothing else, I am going to get out of here and let you guys get back to your Saturdays. I'm going to uh, get some breakfast. And uh, what do we got planned for our day, Kylie? Flowers. Flowers. Oh, yes. One. I'm sorry. This was, I'm, I'm so ugh, terrible on me. All of you that are out there that are mothers or mother figures, um, which are, I would say, most of the ladies in the world, and uh, you you have made an impact on somebody's life. So uh, because there's no Q&A tomorrow, I want to give you guys a special Happy Mother's Day shout out. You guys are incredible, amazing. Mom, my mom, if you're watching, her name's R Roberta. Mom, love you very much. Thank you for everything you've always done for me in my life. Kyleen, thank you very much for everything that you've done for me and for our son. And uh, yes, we're going to be getting flowers. And my Mother's Day gift to her is I'm not allowed to complain about the, uh, what are they called? Perennials or annuals? Annuals. I'm not allowed to complain about the annuals that we um, recycle every year that, that go in the recycle bin. So that's my Mother's Day gift. <laughs> Todd says happy Mother's Day all. And then one one more last quick shout out if you guys don't mind. Uh, he's still sleeping right now, but uh, this Sunday is my son's uh, ninth birthday. Oh, my youngest son's ninth birthday. And so I want to give a special shout out to him. Happy birthday to him. Obviously, at this point, we're not able to have a uh, get get together celebration with his friends. So we're gonna have to postpone that a little bit, but uh, we're still going to try to make the day special for him. So happy birthday, Lewis. Love you, buddy. All right, guys. And uh, <laughs> Todd says, the stuff that dies every year. I love those too. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. <laughs> but I'm not allowed to say anything. So that's, that's the last thing I get to say about it. All right, guys. Uh, you guys have a great day. And we will talk to you all again soon. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for tuning into another episode of Small Business Saturday Podcast. We appreciate having you as part of the community of listeners. Tune in for the live video sessions at facebook.com slash aaronmontgomery.info to become part of the active community. You can contact me directly at aaron at montcoconsulting.com. Thanks again for listening.